Na mihi nui ki katoa. I'm Sue Berman and this is Kura Tuturu, Real Gold. Today I'm on level two in the reading room of Tamaki Pātaka Kōrero and I'm meeting with Andrew Henry, the principal of Aotearoa New Zealand Printed Collections. Kia ora Andrew, thanks so much for making time today. Kia ora Sue. So, wow, what are we looking at here today? Something with a lot of colour. Yeah, these um, posters were sort of advertorials, they were supplements to the Auckland Weekly News and the New Zealand Herald. So. Um, Aucklanders, when they were having their cup of tea with their breakfast on uh, the 30th of April 1894, reading their um, copy of the New Zealand Herald, these um, very bright and colourful posters would have come out. There's four four different ones that um, have the inset is a, a v- four different views of Auckland mm. from different places around the city, and then around the outside you've got um, vignettes of uh, local businesses who um, had paid to be included on these posters. Mm. Gosh, I'm so um, kind of surprised, really, that it's it's 19th century printing, you know, because it really feels much more modern. Totally, yeah. The first presentation colour lithograph or chromolithograph was with the Auckland Weekly News in 1888, so it was a relatively new, new okay. thing for New Zealanders, and they were intended to be put on the wall or to to be looked at. So, yeah, a novel a novel thing. Um, what happened is that they, these are part of a series that were commissioned by a firm, F.W. Niven, who are a Melbourne and Ballarat-based printing company. They, they didn't print these ones, but they did print a whole bunch of others throughout the rest of the country, like um, starting down in Dunedin and Invercargill and going all the way up through Wellington. And these ones, the, the reason why, um, they're the same style, mm-hmm. and they've both got union shipping line sponsorship on them. So even though this... Um, F.W. Niven is not mentioned on these. That's part of the same series, and they've got the same advertising contractor, a man called Wellesley A. Parker. Hmm. So Niven started doing these in the late 1880s in Australia, sending his agents around the town, and then essentially they'd pitch up, find a hotel in the centre of the town with views from another city, put an advertisement in the local paper, and then try and get local businesses to say, hey, look at this, do you want to be in our next one? Exactly. Um... And it's part of a, these were very very popular in the late 19th century, sort of bird's eye views of cities Mm, mm. and panoramic maps. Even, yeah, there was this statistic, I saw one um, on display in the Huntington Library and they were saying there was a, the label under that said that 5,000 of these had been printed in North America alone. Wow. So they're very much a, it's sort of international, like booming colonial countries. Mm -hmm. Um, Quite prestigious, I imagine, to make... You know, to afford to be included. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting though. Um, when the ad man Wellesley A. Parker turned mm. up to Wellington, he was being um hailed in the New Zealand Times as the, you know, the world's greatest advertising agent. But there's no Cacoldian stains in the Wellington posters, so he wasn't um he wasn't perfect. But yeah, yeah, as you can see in the ones we're looking at here, you've got Campbell and Brown's Domain Brewery in there. Milne and Choice up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, but they still did them for small towns as well. Like this one's for Altham, this one's some for Ashburton. So it was, yeah, big business and popular enough that, you know, this firm based in Ballarat in Melbourne would send um, their advertiser all around New Zealand. He, I mean, he pops up in the Pacific in Honolulu trying to um, sell advertising for something that they'd print. But like I said before, the, 
the Tamaki, the Auckland posters, are the only ones that don't have printed them, published by F.W. Nervin mm. on them because um, Wilson and Horton's lithographic and colour printer printed them because the, the publishers of the Herald and the Auckland Weekly News, their print works was advanced enough that they could actually be printed here in Auckland. So they were still um, sort of arranged and advertised, got the advertising done by this man, Wellesley Parker, the Australian, but then they were printed here. What they did was send photographers out who would take photos of the businesses, Yeah. then they'd go back to Australia, and yet the lithographers would engrave the images on stones, and then they use a different colour when yeah. they're printing it for each, a different stone, sorry, for each colour. It's quite, um, it's quite a complex colour palette too, it's not like, well I suppose it's for, for colour, but... I was no, going to ask it, it's, it's described um, mm. the printing on these by um, Rosalind Johnson, who wrote a, a huge thesis on the history of colour printing in Aotearoa, New Zealand. That this is a stipple style, and the colours were built using warm tones, yellow and orange, both light and dark, with the blacks and greys employed to add shading and darker tones. Yeah. Cool. I, I so 10 to 14 colour, I think it would be printed as? Maybe less? It's got great detail. I was I was going to say from my eye, it looks like the they're drawn or photographed, and I wondered whether some of these you know views, Auckland view from the windmill and Auckland view from Karanga well, Road. Well, this one on the wall, Auckland view from the harbour, yeah. is probably someone gr- went up a mast and took a photo, like, um, like Henry Wink. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, I exactly. That might be one common base photograph. Well, someone else could have done it, but yeah, yeah that looks like the same method, right? Because then you're looking down. And the right time period too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me about how these um, these posters have come into our collection. Are they a, re- a recent acquisition? Yeah, um, about a year. The st- yeah, mid-April last year, I think we purchased them. Um, down at, um, on High Street, at Anna Dunsheath's rear bookstore. Um, they were just on the wall. Oh, amazing. Um, but yeah, funnily enough, one had been, this. I think the Invercargill one had been in, an issue of New Zealand Memories last year. And there is this great book called um, Wellington at Work in the 1890s, which um, uses the Wellington posters combined with a cyclopedia for that year to sort of recreate what commerce was like in Victorian Wellington. The authors of that um, were Beverly Randall and Hugh Price. It's got a clever, really interesting mm. little book. So these have kind of been known about. They've also featured in um, the New Zealand poster book. There's a couple. So, yeah, people have known about this. And when we put the blog up, a lot of people were commenting on Facebook, oh, I've been interested in these posters. So people sort of know about them, they're around. But it's not, considering they were printing, I saw one estimate in looking on papers past that they were going to print 40,000 copies of these. Mm. Um, not that many have survived, which is not that surprising because, you know, in libraries we used to uh, dispose of inserts and mm. supplements to the newspapers. But um, I saw a blog post, there's some in the Wellington Public Library of the Wellington Sheets. Um, the ones in the New Zealand poster book from the Hawken Library, and then there's a few in um, Turnbull's website, and then uh, National Library of Australia have got some interesting ones as well because I guess they were printed over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, part of that fashion. And, uh, they're great, and talking though. of fashion, well, that's right. They do give us a sort of a sense, don't they, of all sorts of exactly. social history or ways of of being. Totally. I mean, buildings long since demolished, um, mm. and a real feature I think is the interiors of the buildings. Due um, you know, 19, late 19th century photography, given the issues with light, you don't often have photos of the interiors of these buildings here. Like, True. look at the Star Hotel on Albert Street. That looks like a, a wonderful place to have lunch. And 
you know you can see the dress of the people patronizing the shops the people working in some of these huge big um industries not the ones we're looking at here but the other ones have got some inch oh no here you go the engine the boiler makers right on Cha chapel street in auckland yep the, bo the bottling room yeah exactly very top very topical to aroha mineral water manufacturing well, smith and Coe, it's center stage at this one right importers and and then along the bottom is this union line banner so they were sort of a, a main they're on yeah and they're on all the ones that the niven um printed as well for all the rest of new zealand i mean and, and all the there's australian ones as well actually i was looking at yesterday they were um all the way from yeah western australia through new south wales um very similar scene mm. this one's actually got an international connection too it's talking about the foundry in sheffield for ironworks which is interesting sort of like the suppliers i guess of the of the time um like you say linking in yeah well this exactly the steamers are going everywhere ind industry here and yeah i mean yeah the same ad, ad man ends up trying to get business in Honolulu so yeah they certainly he certainly got around he stayed at um the Star Hotel when he was in Auckland which is where is he yeah sorry he, he used Orem's Hotel when he was in Auckland which is up where the Sky City Theatre is now and yeah just put in the papers for a few weeks come and see me he, he showed them because Auckland was a bit later this was April 1894 yeah, I really like that detail in your blog that people can go and uh, look at. It's, it will be linked in the um, in the information below. But um, where you have been able to identify where places are now, you've mentioned the site of the Cordis. Yeah, well. that was that was one the of them. Windmill and the wind. Yeah. That's the yeah, the windmill was where the Cordis Hotel is now. So it's looking down that way. So obviously people can learn more from your blog and they can see these online so we'll put the links into that as well but of course for the rest of this month they're very welcome to come in and look at the real article. Um, yeah the, is, the size is, is substantial you know they, they do stand out like I said people would have been quite happy for these to pop out of the Herald when they were sitting there and I think people would have put them on their walls. It definitely would have wow factor. It was interesting in the newspapers at the time they were sort of pitching them as people, you know, as interested tourists, potential migrants, and also um, as a memento for people who had lived in the city and moved on. Because obviously, you know, there was a population was moving around, mobile population in those times. This is interesting, this baking powder advert, prior to, to Edmunds. This is um, Hudson's bound to rise instead of sure to rise. <laughs> Featuring lots of hot air balloons. Yeah. <laughs> Very... The, yeah, the actual quote is to encourage people to buy their issues of the Herald that day was saying that the posters would give people at a distance an idea of the character and capabilities of the city. So as well as these companies organising them, themselves, this is very much Auckland advertising itself as a colonial city for potential migrants as well as opposed to the other places. invite you to visit the Heritage Collections Reading Room on Level 2 of Tāmaki Pātaka Kōrero, the Central City Library, to view items on display in the Kōratūturu Real Gold Case, or to request to view other items discoverable on the Kōra Heritage Collections Database. <laughs>